Hi, everyone. This is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to sign up for my email newsletter to receive all my latest podcasts, articles, and content. Okay, before I jump into the podcast today, I want to make an announcement that right now I am conducting a book review contest for my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. And to enter the contest, all you have to do is buy the book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble and then write me an honest review on that same platform if you'd like. And then just send me a direct message either on LinkedIn or Facebook with a screenshot of your review and your order receipt. And I will put the links to my LinkedIn and my Facebook profile in the show description so that you can send me a message. The contest is to win a free at-home workout kit worth over $100, which includes a workout mat, a set of resistance bands, There's a timer and several other things in there that will be really helpful to get you started with your at-home workout regimen. So the contest is running now through May 31st. It's 2023. Um, So to enter the contest, um, just send me that information prior to May 31st, or May 31st would be the last day that you'd be able to do that. And hopefully, if you're listening uh, much further in the future after that, sorry, this is very uh, short window of time, but I really appreciate it. Um, if you do write a review, uh, it will help increase book reviews and just get the message out to more people, which is my ultimate goal. So thanks for that. Um, okay, so let's let's get into today's podcast. And I'm actually today going to be given a version of a presentation that I just gave last week to a corporate audience at GE Appliances on why traditional fitness programs are likely to fail people who live busy lifestyles. And this was originally given as a PowerPoint presentation with some slides and charts. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be posting this talk on YouTube with the visuals with so you can follow along with the slides. Uh, but for those that are listening on podcast, I will do my best to describe the visuals that are up on the screen. But if you really want to see the slides and you're listening on podcast, just flip over to my YouTube channel and um, you can you can watch the video version of this. It'll probably be a better experience if you do that. Um, But I really do like this talk and I think that it brings up some new points that you probably haven't heard before and that are worth considering if you live a busy lifestyle, but you're interested in making regular exercise and eating healthy part of your your day to day life. So that's it for the intro. Let's jump right into the talk. Okay, so I'm going to start off with what's probably a controversial statement, but nevertheless, something that I really believe is is true with without a doubt in my mind, which is that if you want to be healthy and fit long term, um, conventional fitness programs are ultimately a waste of your time, especially if you live a very busy lifestyle. And I think the evidence, if you examine it, is pretty clear on this. 75% of American adults say that they want to live a healthy lifestyle and be more fit, yet only about 3% of them, actually less than 3% of them, succeed at this in the long run. And that's according to the Mayo Clinic. 
And about 39 million Americans every single year set a New Year's resolution to improve their physical fitness, either with nutrition or with exercise. And 80% of those people are ready to give up on their fitness goals within six weeks of January 1st. And we've just gotten into a new year and, and we're reaching that point where people are likely to have given up already. And if you look at almost any survey that's been done on this topic about why people fail to stick to their fitness commitments long run, pretty much without fail, the top reason that always comes back is that people say that they don't have enough time in their day-to-day -day life to fit things like regular diet and exercise into a very busy schedule. Unfortunately, traditional fitness systems don't have a great solution for people that live busy lifestyles. The reality is that any traditional exercise program that you might embark on, if it includes everything that it should to be well-rounded, if it includes aerobic activity as well as basic strength training, it's going to require about five to six hours of your time every week at a minimum. That's just at a baseline. And this is not going to be sustainable for most people. And likewise, when it comes to nutrition, things like daily calorie counting, uh, label reading, meal planning is also time consuming. And it takes a lot of thinking and mental bandwidth. That is not sustainable for people that live busy lifestyles and are very short on time. So despite what we commonly hear about why people struggle to maintain their fitness commitments, I, I think it's pretty clear that the real problem is methodological. The problem is about repeatability. It's not about not having enough motivation or not having enough willpower, which is the typical, um, I won't say excuse, but it's the typical reason that, that people tend to say, you know, well, I can't stick to my workout plan or my nutrition plan because I'm not motivated enough or I don't have the willpower. And most of the, the fitness industry, when it addresses this issue, seems to take the approach of trying to solve it through the lens of, more motivation, more willpower. Let's figure out ways to make the workouts more fun or more variety to the meal plan so that they're, you know, they're they're more um, more likely to draw you in and get you to continue to, to to eat them. And those things all have a place when it comes to sticking to a routine, but I don't think they're the central issue. I think it's very clear that lack of time is the number one reason. Lack of repeatability is the number one reason that people can't stick with these traditional routines. Okay, so I think it's it's pretty clear that repeatability is the major problem for millions of people that struggle with fitting fitness into their lifestyle. And that finding really points to this idea that motivation doesn't address the main issue that that people are having. The fact that it's lack of time and lack of energy to fit these things into a day today, you know, schedule or routine. That's that's where people are struggling is that they're not repeatable. The methods that they're actually trying to utilize, the traditional exercise programs and fitness routines are not repeatable. So to make fitness routines that actually are repeatable, I think the issue needs to be reframed and viewed from from a different perspective. We need to start looking at this problem as the type of problem which it really is, which is a time management problem. And when you view the challenge of fitness as a time management problem, it starts to become much clearer that when it comes to fitness, most people need better methods. 
better workout methods, nutrition plans that are more efficient and are as repeatable as possible so that they can fit them into their life. When you find fitness routines that are easy to repeat and fit into your daily life, then it's much easier to be consistent with those routines. And consistency is really, really crucial because consistency is what ultimately allows us to be able to form new habits. Habits make our daily behavior much easier because we don't have to put much time or effort into thinking about how to do them, right? Think about things like brushing your teeth or taking a shower or making the drive to work. They don't require a lot of conscious effort. We can just go through the motions because the steps of those procedures are, are ingrained in our subconscious. Habits allow us to in a sense, put behavior on autopilot so that they're much easier to perform as a part of just our day-to-day -day routine. And in general, it takes about 66 days of consistency with a behavior to turn that behavior pattern into a habit that starts to feel more automatic. So if you can take a repeatable exercise and nutrition plan and be consistent in sticking with it every day, it's likely that it's going to start to feel much easier and more automatic when you begin to approach that 66-day mark of being consistent. Once you begin to ingrain a repeatable fitness behavior into your mind and you start to turn it in that, into a habit, then that's when lifestyle change really starts to become a legitimate possibility. If you have to consciously drum up motivation and willpower to engage in healthy behaviors every single day, that ultimately leads to burnout. That's why we see people making you know, a fitness commitment in January that says, I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm going to work out for two hours and I'm going to do this forever. And like I said on the previous slide, within six weeks, most people have given up because that's something that we don't have the time and energy to do consistently. You may be able to keep it up for a, for a short amount of time, but ultimately what you need to do is get these repeatable behavior patterns on autopilot so that you don't have to put a lot of, of effort into getting yourself psyched up into doing the right thing. So if you can turn the right behavior patterns into something that you don't have to do much thinking about, then it's much more likely that you're going to be able to stick with it in the long run. And this is the power of habit. This is what habits can allow us to do long term is it allows us to really make lifestyle change. Okay, so at this point, we've talked about why so many people struggle to fit exercise and healthy eating into their lifestyle. But what are the actual requirements of living a healthy lifestyle? What should we actually be aiming for from an exercise or a diet perspective to maintain a high quality of life over the years and decades? Well, it turns out that there's a pretty unanimous consensus, at least right now, on what we should be doing for basic health and fitness. All the major health institutions, the CDC, the American Heart Association, you see more on the slide here, Mayo Clinic, uh, American College of Sports Medicine, and, and a few others, there are many more that all agree on what adults of, of all ages and gender should be doing for basic health and fitness. So when it comes to exercise, the basic requirement is that we should all be doing about 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity every week. And this could be anything that elevates your heart rate to a moderate intensity range. 
you can tell if you're in a moderate intensity range pretty easily. You can gauge it based on how you're breathing. So if you're doing an activity and you find that you're able to talk while you're doing that exercise, but you you wouldn't be able to sing uh, a song, that's usually a good indicator that you're in the moderate intensity range. Um, in addition to aerobic activity, um, regular muscle strengthening activity is now a requirement for general health and fitness as well. This is something that more recently has been added as, a, uh, as an actual requirement. You need to be doing exercises that work your major muscle groups, muscle strengthening activities to muscular fatigue two to three times per week. And that includes all of your major muscle groups. So your arms, your chest, your back, your shoulders, and um, your lower body. Now, when it comes to nutrition, there isn't necessarily a particular diet or style of eating that's going to work best for every human being. Um, but there are some basic guardrails of nutrition that are pretty much agreed upon at this point. Uh, this is something we'll continue to learn more about as, as the science advances. But what we do know is that everyone needs to be eating a protein-rich diet to preserve their lean muscle tissue. Um, we need to be eating a number of daily calories that promotes attaining and maintaining a, a healthy body weight. And we should be eating a balanced diet with variety. So with lots of fruits and vegetables, healthy fats and unprocessed carbohydrates. These are kind of the guardrails of, of basic nutrition that we should all be building our, our diet plan around. Um, the question really comes down to how do I fit all of these requirements into my life as efficiently as possible? Because when you look at the requirements that are on the page here, they look pretty daunting. daunting. It, it, it seems that this would take a significant amount of time out of your week every week to, to, to do all these things appropriately. Um, and that's true. So the question comes back to how can I do all these things in a way that's as efficient as possible so that they don't cause major disruptions in my life that make it impossible for me to actually live my life. We don't want fitness routines to get in the way of living the rest of our life. So the question is about how do we do this in the most efficient manner possible? All right, so now let's take a look at what's fundamentally wrong with the conventional approach to fitness and why it's so difficult to repeat traditional fitness routines over the course of time. So to examine this problem, I need to introduce a concept which is called friction, or which I refer to as friction. And friction is the inefficient use of time and energy in any type of a fitness protocol, which could apply to nutrition, diet, or exercise. Friction is anything that causes a fitness procedure to take longer than is really necessary to get the desired result. The more friction that there is in a routine, the more difficult that it is to repeat. And the reality is that all conventional fitness programs are chocked full of friction. If you're watching the video version of this, then you can see the chart that's displayed um, on the right-hand side of the screen here, which outlines all of the steps of a traditional or conventional fitness program with an estimate of how much time each one of these steps actually takes on a weekly basis. If you're listening on podcast, I'll just 
run down the list uh, to do some highlights to give you a sense of what these time requirements actually look like. So here we go. So drive time to the gym, to and from the gym, just three times a week. And that is an estimate of two hours of driving. An 80-minute workout three times per week, and that includes cardio and strength training in the same gym visit. So that adds up to four total hours per week. Now we've got the average amount of time spent waiting in line for equipment at a commercial gym or fitness studio. This adds up on average to about 30 minutes per week. Now, the next one is 15 minutes of time spent moving weights, setting up equipment for your workout at a gym. So we'll, we'll be generous here and say that's 45 minutes per week if you're going to the gym three times per week. Um, that, the next one is 15 minutes per day. We're switching over to nutrition now. Thinking about meal planning, that equals one hour and 45 minutes per week. Next one, 10 minutes per day of actual label reading, calorie counting. That adds up to about an hour and 10 minutes per week. And then 45 minutes per day spent cooking or portioning out meals that you're cooking. This adds up to about five hours and 15 minutes of time every week. So there we go. In total, all of these activities, which I think is, is a pretty generous and maybe maybe even um, conservative estimate of what a traditional routine and, and time requirement looks like. This all adds up to 15 hours and 25 minutes per week, which is basically the equivalent of taking on a part-time job. If you live a busy lifestyle, that meaning that you work a full-time job or you run a business uh, or you have a family and kids to take care of or all of the above, you are not going to have time to fit over 15 hours of, of fitness commitment into your life consistently. You may be able to do it again, like I said, for a little while, for a short period of time, but are you going to be able to keep that up over the course of years and years and decades and decades? Almost certainly not. Life is going to get in the way. It's just too disruptive. Um, and I can easily imagine a fitness routine that takes much more time than this. Again, I was being pretty conservative when I came up with this with just, you know, a 40-minute cardio workout and a maybe a 30 to 40-minute strength training workout three times a week. That's, that's a pretty minimalistic approach. So you could easily have a fitness routine that is up to the 20-hour mark or even more per week, and that's what a lot of people are doing. That's going to be even more unsustainable and less repeatable. So the reality is that if you want a fitness protocol that you can actually stick with for the rest of your life and make a habit, it's not going to look anything like this. If you want to develop lifelong fitness habits, you need to find ways to eliminate a significant amount of friction to make routines that are much more repeatable that you can eventually turn into habits that are going to be easy to keep up over the course of time. Okay, now let's look at what a low-friction fitness routine could look like. Uh, there are lots of ways that you can eliminate friction from a traditional routine, but I'm going to talk about how you can eliminate some of the major and most common sources of friction. So let's start with exercise. You can eliminate tons of exercise friction by doing short daily workouts instead of doing long workouts where you have to commute to a gym. 
These workouts should be done every day. They should be done at home, and they shouldn't last any longer than about 20 minutes. They should include strength exercises as well as aerobic exercises, all within that same short 20-minute workout. Um, and when you take this approach, they really will eliminate a ton of time because it, it, it actually cuts the total amount of time that you need to spend exercising to meet the basic fitness requirements. It cuts that time requirement in half. And, it, and the fact that you're doing these exercises every day makes it much more likely that you're going to build a habit because you're doing the workout much more frequently, even though it's short. So its ability to help you form habits by taking this approach is much higher. Now, when it comes to nutrition, people who live a busy lifestyle, they don't have time for counting calories and doing a lot of meal planning and reading of nutrition labels on a day-to-day -day basis. What you need is about three to five pre-designed go-to meal options that you can utilize when you're busy. So when you only have 15 or 20 minutes to get a bite to eat, that's when you want to have one of these go-to options that you can leverage. This is going to make it much easier to make a good decision about what to eat when you're under time pressure because there's nothing to think about. There's no decisions to make. So take a look at how this low friction approach that I just talked about adds up from a weekly time requirement perspective. If you're listening on podcasts, again, I'll quickly run down this list like I did with the conventional approach on the previous slide. So here we go. First, there's no drive time, no commute time to the gym because you're working out at home. Your workouts are short, 20 minutes done every day, with, which adds up to just over two hours of structured exercise per week. There's no waiting in line for equipment. There's very little need for equipment setup unless you get into free weights or machines at home. But I advocate body weight. Um, and resistance band type exercises for people that are just getting started. So equipment setup should be relatively minor. On a daily basis, there is no meal planning that is required, no day-to-day -day calorie counting that's required, aside from if you are tracking all of your, your food intake with a nutrition app like MyFitnessPal or something like that. Um, I don't count that because you're, if you're using a go-to meal option strategy, you're just going to be copying and pasting meals, which just takes a couple of seconds. Um, and finally, if you, if you design some go-to meals that are time efficient and require very little or no prep time, then your time spent cooking and portioning every day should also be very minimal it's highly possible that you're only going to need about 20 minutes per day for cooking and, um, and, and meal portioning. So when you add all of these low friction items up, it totals just over five hours per week. So this approach allows you to meet the exact same health and fitness requirements, the basic requirements that we looked at uh, two slides back, but it cuts 10 hours out of the process and puts those 10 hours back on your plate, this is the essence of how you make fitness repeatable. You cut out massive amounts of friction and you get repeatable routines that are much easier to turn into lifelong habits. Okay, now let me finish up with how anyone listening can get started 
at building a low friction, repeatable fitness routine for themselves. For exercise, you need to design three different workouts that each include about two to three different strength training exercises interspersed with some form of aerobic activity. At home, you need a floor with enough space for stationary exercise. You don't need a ton of room, but enough space to, to be able to lay down and, 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 and move a little bit. And if you don't want to purchase a set of free weights, which you can certainly do. I, I do recommend getting a set of, uh, of rubber resistance bands, which you can get you know, online. They're usually relatively inexpensive, less than $50. Um, you get a set of those, and those mixed with bodyweight exercises are basically all the equipment that you really need to, uh, to make a friction, a low friction routine at home work. To help you design the actual home workouts, you can check out my um, my document here. It's called the, the Home Workout Starter Guide. So this is a free PDF. I'll link to it in the description, or if you just go to my website, you'll see a pop-up when you first get to the site, frictionfactorfitness.com, that will uh, give you the chance to download it there as well. For nutrition, what you need is first to get some nutrition goals so that you can be begin to build a plan around that. So to set some realistic nutrition goals for yourself, you can also go to my website, again, frictionfactorfitness.com, and use my free fitness calculator, which I'll link to in the description. Um, you just need to enter your goal weight. Here's where I want to be. And some basic information about yourself and your activity levels. And the calculator will automatically generate a general recommendation for you that you can begin to build a meal plan around. I recommend sitting down for about an hour or so initially to come up with your three to five go-to meals. I call these core meals, and those are the meals that you can use in those busy moments where you don't have time to, uh, to meal plan. Um, and then I've, I've written an article that you can use. It's called Dieting for Fitness Progress, and this article will walk you through the exact steps, step-by-step, step, of how you can build a meal, even if you don't know anything about calories and protein and carbohydrates. If, if you've never done dieting before or done meal building before, that is okay. This article will walk you through it. Um, and I'll link to the article in the description as well. So I'll just wrap by saying that anyone who lives a busy lifestyle can be successful at developing good fitness habits by taking a low friction approach to fitness. You can start wherever you're at from a fitness perspective and these principles really can work for anybody, regardless of age, of gender, or of your experience. Even if you're not ready to do 20-minute workouts at home every day, that's totally fine. That's the power of, of taking this approach of building habits. If all you have the bandwidth for or the, the capacity for is five minutes of daily workouts at home, that's totally fine because you can build a habit around a five-minute workout and then you can gradually increase that over time. When things start to feel easier and start to feel more automatic, then you're going to be much more willing to increase your, your workout commitment um, and do it in a much more sustainable way. So remember that habits are really the key to lifestyle change. And the key to building habits is having repeatable processes with as little friction as possible. And by eliminating friction, and building habits, this is really the way that you can make a fitness routine 
that is on autopilot, that feels automatic and something that you can actually stick with for years and years to come. All right, so that concludes the talk and hope everybody enjoyed and, and got something out of it. Um, let me know if you liked seeing a podcast in video format. Uh, if so, I may uh, look at doing more of these. So, uh, but that, that wraps up. I appreciate everybody's time. So thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you did enjoy the podcast or this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com. Again, to sign up for my email newsletter and access my fitness calculator tools. Um, you can also download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is now available wherever books are sold. So thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.